Now back to the Green Architects Lounge. Hey, welcome back everybody. Uh, this is the Green Architects Lounge, making green affordable, or something like that, we'll name it. Um, part two, or the, the second half. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing great, Chris. You haven't changed a bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got our drink, drinks refreshed. Glad to hear that. Yeah, we're, we're ready to go. Um, well, Although we, I did get a little gray just in the oh, last... Dude, that happens hourly. Summer. Hourly. Yeah? Yeah, I'm it's, going fast. It's finally hit me, you know, my... Yeah. My, uh... 40s? Well, yeah, it's my, my 40-somethings. <laughs> yeah, I'm going blonde. This long. I'm going blonde. <laughs> um, that hit you pretty on, pretty early on, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Nothing yeah. you can do about that. Nothing I'm sorry. Did. You just, you just, you know, uh, I just try to look good for my age. You know, no one's, no one's ever asked me to model anything, so... I don't think that's ever going to happen. No, I don't think they're going to count on you. For no, that. but but I can always, you know, maybe maybe J.C. Penney will call up and say, "Man, you are a smart-looking sixty-year-old that we need for these pleated docker pants." You know, well, that skirt and blouse you have on is really lovely. <laughs> Matches my <laughs> eyes. Um, all right, well, well, let's let's talk about. Um, we were talking about affordable, uh, um, making green affordable, that's doing right. a high-performance high-performance house, mm-hmm. but making it affor- affordable. And we started with all the. The very big picture ideas, but now let's get into the nitty gritty. That's right? right. Let's talk about the wall section. All right, let's do that. So, how about from the ground up? That's a good way to do it. Let's let's talk about the slab. One of the things that we we didn't go into in detail is what kind of foundation. Firstly, because that dictates what our wall section is really. Right. Yeah. Right. And and uh, I don't know about you, but I've been talking a lot of my clients out of doing a basement. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're the same way. We are. Yeah. We are. Uh, I mean, which is interesting because often the basement is really affordable square footage. Exactly. And, and, and usually, like, like here's, a, here's a classic conversation with a, with a client. They come in and, and they say, oh, i got to have a basement. And we say, well, let's back that up. Let's talk about it. What, what do you want your basement for? You know? Where um, am I going to put my oil tank? Exactly. Like, well, my, I, where are my mechanical systems exactly. going to go? I want to put my mechanicals down there. Uh, storage. I'm gonna put storage down there. Maybe there's maybe uh, maybe so and so. You know, tinkers. I need it, I need it for my water leaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. what are they gonna be? Yeah, exactly. I'm used to that with my old house. Right. I don't want I don't want this thing leaking on my first floor. Are you kidding That's me? Right. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so then then we say, well, what if what if we make your house so efficient that. Uh, your mechanicals now fit inside that closet right over there, that tiny little closet. Yep. They'll fit in there. Yep. You'll have a compressor outside maybe, and then it's all in there. What do you think? Well, okay. And then you say, well, and your storage, what if, I don't know, we can give you some dry attic storage space? Because I tell you what, um, when you're doing an affordable house, isn't like one of the big things you're fighting is like storage. Where's it going? That's you know? right. Because yep. it's like every nook and cranny, every space is like so critical. It's so critical because um, we Americans have a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and that's a hard mentality. Energy efficient house. You're probably the kind of person who's open to that conversation. Right. Living with less. Right. I think I saw. I think I saw a New York Times article about a family and they had a kid that just had one toy. Like the kid was only allowed one toy. <laughs> 
I'm serious. And they, <laughs> they trying to torture the poor well, guy? Well, they lived their whole life that way, mm-hmm. where everything was like, there's just one of something. All and he had was one little iPad. Well, That's it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tons poor, of apps. Yeah, poor it. kid. Poor kid. <laughs> yeah. But, but if he wanted a new one, then he would get a new one. And, if I, and I, you know, what a different mentality that would, I wonder what that kid's like now. You know, five, six years later, when he's going to hit a teenager, you know what he's going to do. He's just going to, he's just going to say, screw <laughs> he's you. Gonna he's going to buy gonna, as much He's going to fill his room with junk. That's right. Second he gets a job, it's just like, yeah, I bought these eight things. <laughs> you can't take them away from me, punk. That's right. Um, so restraint. So restraint is a... Restraint. But anyway, we were, ta- we were talking about the basement. Yeah. So um, uh, mechanicals, we can move them up. Mm-hmm. Um, Think of all the problems that you can solve in terms of basement, you know, water issues and drainage and things like that. Right. And I'll say the only way to get rid of, get a dry basement in New England is to not have one. Right. That's, that's it. Yeah, pretty just... much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and, and you can do a lot better job insulating, I think, mm-hmm. a slab on grade house. That's, so. that's right. So frost protected slabs, we're doing, we're definitely doing more of those. Same here. That's definitely the trend. It tends to be more affordable for sure. You, you have to dig less. Yeah. There's less concrete, less but, resources. Right. There's more insulation, but mm-hmm. you know, your site costs go down, you know, excavation and like you say, the materials of concrete and steel, which are expensive in the spectrum of mm-hmm. materials uh, for a house. So. so the big problem though is there's less of those things. There's more thinking for some builders who haven't done this before. Exactly. And there's that fear factor, which is ka-ching. Right, right. So if you have a builder who uh, is comfortable with that, mm-hmm. uh, either comfortable learning that and not not um, passing on the paying for that learning curve onto your client, mm-hmm. uh, then that's acceptable. But if you have a client, or if you have a builder who, who's done that and mastered that, mm-hmm. that's an asset, so. Yeah. And if it's not, you know, frost wall is not not that's yeah, not the end of the, right exactly the game yeah right and that's it, it is easy and quick and really predictable and it, all the guys know how to do it that's yeah. right and sometimes the soils will demand you need that anyway right and again we should at this point uh, point out where you and I were in Maine so we're used to the northern climate I mm-hmm. think this is less of an issue you know down south where slab on grades way more mm-hmm. I mean that's probably status quo down here mm-hmm. and with the soils I mean when I was out in practice in Colorado I mean caissons were a regular thing Oh wow! And grade, be- grade beams. Wow! Yeah, I thought our soil sucked. Yeah, oh. no, it's, it's it's not unusual depending on where you are. Oh well. And you know how to insulate those, Chris? No, me neither. <laughs> Let's not talk about them. <laughs> All right, great. Um, but I imagine it's similar and with a lot of insulation. All right, and like like <laughs> in, like Indiana, where I went to school, Go Ball State. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they just they would pour slabs. They're not even frost protecting. It's just sand. It's just the the the. It's so homogenous out there. Yeah. The soils that they just don't get the heaves, the frost heaves like we get here. I mean, there are roads uh, in our neighborhood, Phil, mm-hmm. our na- collective neighborhood, that will throw your car off the road if you're going too fast. Um, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you know we're hitting, we're swinging two bets on the on deck circle up here in Maine. Yeah. So it should be easier in different parts of the country. Apologies to Minnesota and. Right. In Canada. North Dakota. North Dakota, for sure. Um, so how much insulation? What does it look like, Chris? If we're talking about doing an affordable, frost-protected slab, okay. where do you guys start? Insulation mm-hmm. underneath the slab. I mean, that's just... You're down there. You get one shot at doing this. We, we, we said this many times before yeah. about slabs down there. 
If you're not insulating, then shame on you, really. I mean, you deserve a, a little bit of a, a spanking. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, it's a tremendous mistake. Right. So, someone, in, someone in the future would say, why did these idiots, idiots, not put any insulation down underneath mm-hmm. here? What a problem. Well, I will tell you that our energy models are not showing a huge gain from going to two to four inches. Is that right? Yeah, not tremendous, um, but but enough that we should do it. Again, like yeah. you said, it's pretty easy, and we do it anyway across the board. If you're going to do two, just do four. Right, because you're there, and yeah, you get one shot at it. Are you going to end up, you know, doing the 12 inches that we see in passive houses and near net zeros on an affordable house? I mean, if you're like going great guns affordable, you're probably yeah. not. That's right. probably not bang for the buck where it's going to go. You're right. going to get a darn good house with four inches of rigid under there. In fact, maybe it's uh, it's a good time to point out the 10, 20, 40, 60 rule. Right. <laughs> rule. This is a building science um, sort of uh, rule of thumb. Well, more, yeah, more than it's a rule of thumb that I think is really taken off and has real teeth and real mm-hmm. meaning in building science behind mm-hmm. it. And by the and and you don't have to take it from us. You can go to buildingsciencecorp.org.com. Dang. The building science corporation, corporation website. Yes. Um, which is full of it. At first glance, you think, oh, there's not much here, and then you start clicking, you're like, holy cow. And it'll blow your brains. So that that essentially it's ten R- inches sub our uh, ten sub slab. Yeah, and then our twenty fa- foundation walls, our forty walls, walls, and our sixty roof. Right. And at um, a building energy conference, the Nessie Building Energy Conference last year, the twenty thirteen. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Chris, but John Straub was talking, and he was asked specifically about where did this 10, 20, 40, 60 thing come from? Oh, yeah. I No, I wasn't there, but go ahead. Yeah, and he said, you know what, guys? This is not an absolute rule. This is just sort of a general idea that's pretty good. You know, could it be, you know, 11, 19, right. 41, 58? Sure. Yeah, it could. But he's saying that you you keep going even before you reach diminishing returns. Right. So it can be more, and you'd be okay. So it's just, it's a good guide. Anecdotally, uh, we, you and I, uh, probably, I mean, I know, I know our office, that those, the 10, 20, 40, 60 really, you know, kind of pans out. I mean, as mm-hmm. being, as hitting that sweet spot that we're always looking for in terms of, um, you know, energy efficiency and getting that demand down. I mean, that's usually right about where we start being able to um, bring down the mechanicals to a cheaper system. So that's true. I, I sort of, again, Regardless of what Mr. Straub said, I feel like I've failed. Yeah. If I don't hit those numbers. Oh, yeah. It's an affordable yeah. system. Exactly. And so, but you and I were in a different place than a lot of people in this, uh, you know, country. So. That's had, right. $175 a square foot again. Right. So that's that, not affordable for some people. Right. But this is why, you know, we're talking about, about our numbers, our values like this. Yeah. So. What about the walls? No. There's a couple of different ways to do walls. We've talked about wall systems. There are, and and so you're you're talking about getting an R40 wall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that one of the most affordable ways for us to do that is a double stud wall. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that absolutely without without it? I think we know it's not the best wall. It's not the wall with the least amount of risk. Yeah, um, but if you do it right, it's it's fine. Right, it's a, it's a, the wall is fine. Right, that was well put. It doesn't have the least amount of risk, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of. I'd say there's more work in terms of air sealing that than mm-hmm. some of these other systems. Yes, um, other it's systems fairly builder, builder friendly. Right, and that's and cellulose does not cost much money. 
Cellulose exactly. is pretty cheap. Right. You got to get it on site, and you got to get someone to to staple up that that you know the skin of it. But whether it's mm-hmm. four inches thick or twelve inches thick, all that that I just mentioned is exactly the same. That's right. So, so if somebody gives you a high number for a double stud wall. Ask them to pick it apart. Find out what that insulation yeah. is. Ask them to price out the cellulose itself per volume. Mm-hmm. You know, start with a two by four wall and get that volume price or two by six wall and then extrapolate and say, why Why are you charging me more? Right. I mean, or do a little math. Yeah, do your Count own. bags. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's really what they do. Exactly. And, and yeah, that's how a lot of times... Um, that's how they ensure they've got the right density. The right path. That's right. right. They you, they know the volume of the wall, and if they can get all these things in there, then they've done it. That's uh, not that scientific, but that's how a lot of times it gets done. Yep. In the field. So other systems, uh, you could do you know you know a remote insulation, an outsulation mm-hmm. wall. You could have your two by four stud wall, your sheathing, and then four inches four inches of um, mm-hmm. uh, polyiso mm-hmm. foil face. Um, and that's a great system that, uh, you know, that, that allows, you know, all, everything inside, the electrical and uh, plumbing, you know, have at it. Um, and you're not going to mess up your, you know, your, mm-hmm. your, we've talked about that before. Your mm-hmm. vapor barrier and your air ceiling is all sort of right. the same. And you can't reach dew point within that wall. Exactly. But here's the more. It's more thinking. It's more thinking. More different, cause different happens, detailing. You got window bucks now. That's right. So it's not, it's not just business as usual for, you know regular Joe Schmo builder. Right. But then we're not we're not looking for those guys. Right. So you'd be okay if you didn't go with that system. Right. In this situation. Uh, and there's others, you know, there's the the Larson truss method, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very similar. You've got a two by four wall or something like that. And mm-hmm. then you're fastening trusses to the outside of your sheathing mm-hmm. um, that are hanging off and uh, your wall. And that's where you do your insulation, oftentimes cellulose. Mm-hmm. Or they could be eye joists, or you mm-hmm. could be framing with eye joists. Mm-hmm. That like uh, that's the what the passive yeah, house, yeah, too. Klingenberg and Ecolab. Yeah, that's what they do. Pretty cool system, but I, you know, I, I question the affordability. Oh, exactly, of it. exactly. Unless think, you've done it multiple times and and you've got it down. Now let's talk about panelization, right? Because mm-hmm. there might be, you know, start looking around your your areas. Um, you know, we've got a couple places here that will panelize walls. Mm-hmm. If your walls are truly that simple. You know, talk to those companies about panelizing your walls, and all of a sudden, you know, you might be like, "Wow, we just saved uh, four grand on this project by panelizing," and there might be some labor savings. You know, but that's right. possibly. Possibly, I would say that the, I would say the savings would come in labor, exactly, um, and speed. Right, and there's a waste reduction. Yeah, there's also SIPs. You know, that's a roll the dice as to whether or not that's really going to be the affordable way. I yeah. doubt it is, but... Yeah. There's a lot more coordination. There's, yeah, there's plenty of coordination, and it is a lot of material costs, so mm. we'll look into that. Well, the, the bottom line of this is that you can't do it alone as, as the designer. Right. That regardless of what you're talking about, any of these sections, anything from part one of this podcast to what we're talking about right now, you need the builder as part of the conversation from day one. You're not going to hit an affordable numbers because you're not in charge of the numbers. Right. You're not building it, Mr. Architect. Right. Yeah. So what you, have you been drinking? So you need to actually take a pass at it or, or not even. Mm-hmm. Let the builder be part of the design and learn your place, learn when to shut up and tell him what needs, let him tell you what needs to be done. Right. Because you're not going to get there. Right. Well, to a point. Huh. 
at some point. Right, at some point. And, and right, that's another good point. You're probably not going out to bid with this job. I mean, you think that's going to give you the most competitive bid and the most competitive price, but you know, you need to know um, before you get to that point mm-hmm. with your client, most likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I wrong there, Phil? No, not at all. That's the best way to control costs. All right. Well, let's um, let's move on up to your rafters. Hey, I got yeah. one more question. Yeah. Oh, rafters. Yes, that's where I thought you were switching gears. Oh no. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about the roof here. Yeah, on the roof. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's of course just increasing the size of your members. Uh, you know, two by twelves. You know, if you fill that with you know cellulose, you're not going to get sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be barely pushing fifty. Barely. That's right. Uh, so maybe you're strapping the inside, mm-hmm. getting a little bit of extra. Um, uh, you know, insulation space there. Maybe, Phil, you're you're gonna do um, you're gonna hang some some members. Maybe you're doing mm-hmm. two by tens, and you're gonna use scraps of your sheathing or other members, and you're gonna create a gusset system. So. Exactly, gusset gusset out mm-hmm. some that two by twos. Great. We've done those, that yeah. a number of times, and then yeah. you get your R60. Or maybe you're putting insulation right on your roof. That's you know rigid insulation, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that's going to be the most uh, affordable. Again, I agree with you. That's we haven't found that to be the most affordable either. Right. That's 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 more. It's more thinking. More thinking and more more costly materials. You know, might be a bit more bulletproof from a vapor standpoint. Mm-hmm. But there you go. So then, so the next option is. I mean, what if you had trusses, or what if you had? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about making it complicated. If you, if you start doing those, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of different rafters and they seat all differently, and you've got all different kinds of hangers, and then you're doing hips and valleys and whatnot, oh, your cost is going up. Mm-hmm. What if that roof is super simple? What if it's one truss profile, repeated? Two and roof planes. Two roof planes. And what That's if it. Phil? Um, mm-hmm. What about cathedral ceilings? Those. Those Sounds are, expensive. They kind of are. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to avoid. I mean, maybe you're doing one mono pitch, you know, truss. That's you know, maybe it's not as boring. Maybe it's not perfectly flat inside. But honestly, you know, there's very little that's cheaper than doing a trussed roof with a flat insulation plane, flat ceiling, and that's right. You air you seal go. underneath your insulation. Right. And you pile it on top. You pile as much as you want. I mean, you blow exactly. in. You're fluffing it on. You're not That's even right. doing the dense pack stuff. You're just fluffing it on. And then you'll see how inexpensive this stuff it really is. Exactly. It doesn't cost you much. Right. So that, that I think, is the most affordable way to go. You want to talk about windows, penetrations, things yeah. like that? Yeah. All right. So... You start. You made a good point in the last one, or one of us did, about you know the number of doors you have on the you know, right. entrance doors. Show restraint. How many doors do you really need? Can you get one door in and out of this building? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How many ways do you need to get in? Maybe you need a back door. Yeah, you maybe. Definitely don't need more than two. Exactly. You got to show some serious restraint, and you just say, "Forget it. This is." And they're not going to be French doors. They're not going to be sliders. Right. They're going to be a single door that opens to the interior that get, or it opens to the exterior. You actually create a tire seal. Right. You know, because the wind will, ga- will close the door against the gaskets, but, but those are the only kinds of doors that you do. Right. Now, now, are we doing, for the windows, are we doing our awesome Intus uh, triple pane uh, European windows? Maybe. Yeah, but, maybe. But, but you know? if, you're, if you're in the aggressive um, territory yeah. of, of uh, aggressive affordability, you're probably not. In which case, you know, I think... That's right. The lowest hanging fruit is the walls. There's a lot more wall True. service area than there is glass. Right. 
so but may but it's still your responsibility as the architect here you're still looking for good bang for the buck mm-hmm. for the performance mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe you are saying fine i'll do vinyl i'm no fan of vinyl yeah mm-hmm. but you might be but maybe maybe you trade vinyl for triple pain i mean if if the triple pain is affordable or maybe you mm-hmm. trade it for a high performance dual pain that's right. I mean, we're talking. You're gonna have to make trade-offs when you're doing an affordable house. Exactly. It's it, all about, and you got to figure out where you want those trade-offs. It's managed sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, and and being comfortable. It's it's needs versus desires. Mm-hmm. And Phil, not every window has to open, does it? <laughs> it's not at all. Right. We're really spoiled. We we think, boy, wouldn't it be great if? But we know the performance goes down. Also, the larger panes of glass yeah. are going to do better than lots of smaller ones. Yeah, that's true. You know? um, and, and if you can um, minimize uh, well-placed windows you know, for proper ventilation, of mm-hmm. course, like, like always, put the, the, the glazing on the south where it's working for you, not mm-hmm. on the north where it's not, and be smart about your glazing. And you'll find some more typical windows that have high solar heat gain coefficients that you can place in the south. Exactly. That can be dual paint. Window companies are getting better. I, I think it's finally happening. We're seeing American companies, you know, offering regional glazing, mm-hmm. um, which is a real refreshing thing to see. So don't mm-hmm. just pick out your windows. Don't go to Home Depot and pick out your windows. I'm not, no, I'm not slamming Home Depot. I'm just lay, saying, you know, look at these, shop it around, is what I'm saying, and, and look at what you're getting for performance. Well, we talked about this before, Chris. We got to do another Windows episode. That oh was our gosh. very first one. That was. Or insulation was first, but then. Oh, that's right. Windows were second. So we're going to redo those because uh, both of us. We, <laughs> we, have, we have some. What were we drinking? Oh, I don't know. I think we were doing the uh, fashionable hat. Yeah, that's the, right. We'll have to bring back that one, right, too. Right. Uh, the old man. All right. Um, so here's, a, here's a, a huge question that as architects, doing affordable homes yeah. how, do, how do we not make these things ugly oh, good question the things we've described it's like okay we've got a box here right? right and we've slapped some big openings on the south and one door yeah that's you know. right and nothing on the north all right and then you know on a flat site yeah okay but let's <laughs> talk about let's talk about amenities that you know things that always like porches stoops um, you know, garages or garage carport. If carports? you can't afford a garage, a small carport, they can, can they can actually some structure. They can actually look better to my eye. Oh, a lot yeah. of carports can. Um, I agree. Uh, done well. I absolutely agree because you get used to seeing two big garage doors that are not going to be nice garage doors because you don't have the money for it. So, right. or maybe if there is a garage, then 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 you know that that workshop that was in the basement it's actually in the garage or something like that or don't spend your money on the garage or maybe you ask yourself really how often am i in that workshop mm-hmm. you know or can can i just like assemble my workshop my table saw in and then do what i need to do and whatever um but yeah so so we yeah, have these cool. porches overhangs sunshades sunshades great opportunity that's right play with the e <clears throat> play with your overhangs right and let's and Let's talk about proportions, um, and it's a hard thing. You gotta kind of go to school to get a real, uh, you know, pick up uh, Andrea Palladio. It's like the the. I'm not thrilled with most of his architecture, mm-hmm. but he gets proportions to glazing well. yes, to you know, um, you know, put a human in your drawings, uh, you know, to 
really get a sense of the scale. Mm -hmm. I've seen some real ugly stuff, and that's just, hey, architect, it's going to be up to you, really. Um, so, Phil, what what advice would you give me? I say, hey, Phil, I'm doing this. I'm doing. The, I'm showing you my work. I'm like, look at this box I just drew. What do I, what are your rules of thumb? Do um, you have well, what uh, big ones to me are window composition. Yeah, the way the windows get put together are such a big part of making something out of nothing in a lot of ways. I mean, there's a lot of things we can vary with the windows. We can vary the head heights of the windows, mm -hmm. vary the size of the windows. We talked about big fixed glass and maybe a small accompaniment. Yeah. We could the way go to the corners. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things that you know, we architects ah, like yes. to do. We like to move the windows to the corners. The architect was here. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. But it adds a little spice, a little interest than just scattering one type of window across the face of this thing. Yeah. And even spaces, you know. Right. And because uh, you've seen those houses that you drive by and you're like, ooh, you know, it, uh, maybe they had a builder. Maybe it was just a do-it-yourself. You know, it's sort of like a proportion and uh, placement yeah. thing. And and not every window has to open, right, Phil? That's right. Not every window has. You're right. I mean, I, I mean, one affordable way to do this is take the operation. I mean, if you have a bank of five windows, mm -hmm. um Really, it's nice if they all open, but you could save some money by having three open or and two. Then, and then you could get one really big window that's fixed. Exactly. And that's going to be more affordable, actually. Correct. In terms of cost per square foot. That's right. Um, also, I mean, Windows is a place where you may be really doing some of that controlled sacrifice we talked about, where, you know, are you going to be doing the Intus triple pane? Um, you know, European tilt turn. Right. Maybe you're not. I mean, I mean, hopefully you are. I mean, hopefully that was mm -hmm. something you, you were able to, you know, make happen. I mean, sure, it's probably the PVC ones and mm -hmm. they're probably white. Um, but maybe even that you can't afford. When you hit that budget ceiling. Um, right. And you have to make a decision. There's more wall than window. Right. You'd rather have that R40 wall and, and say double glazed windows, which with pretty good solar heat gain coefficient right and now manufacturers are getting better out there they're starting to make um, uh, climate zoned uh, glazing that's right so, so that's right. Uh, which is really it's a great side good mm -hmm. job um, you know uh, cardinal I guess we should say yeah <laughs> for, who else I know for too many of for starting to listen to to a lot of designers out there who um, you know selling to different climates is a great thing mm -hmm. so don't just walk into Lowe's or Home Depot and pick up your window and say that's the one look at those numbers look at it are you in a cold climate you want that solar heat gain coefficient um, if you're in the south and you're in a hot climate then you don't you know you want you want that to be um, much less that's so. right if you're here listening to this then you should know that and if not consider yourself yelled at right right go go look at uh, a great uh, blog about Windows. Don't listen. Don't listen to our previous podcast on Windows. We're going to redo. <laughs> we're going to redo that one. The and information I, was okay. But. It was, but man, it was dated. Yeah, I mean, you know, because yeah. that was pre-European uh, window That's tilt true. turn. Absolutely, that was. was right when that was happening. Um, the revolution, uh, mm -hmm. we can call it. But, um, you know, Chris, one of the things that uh, um, that I can always look at and say, boy, this is a this is an affordable house because it looks cheap. Yeah, the roof. The roof pitch. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do, if you get a builder to talk you into saying, or if you're a builder and you say, you know what, a 612 truss is going to be the cheapest way to do it. 
please resist. Yeah, please it might don't do just, it. Yeah, or even a four. Or even a four. four just don't two. don't do it because it's gonna look like a double wide or it, like yeah, a. Yeah, it's really what. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst thing you can do. Right. Keep that character. In. I mean, I I, I would agree. Because mm-hmm. um, it might be you know uh, you're paying a little bit more in materials for the for the um, envelope, but uh, you know probably not that much when you price it out. And for the aesthetics that you get, mm-hmm. um, uh, what else, Phil? Like simple details. Yeah, both like, exterior and interior. Right. Let, yeah, like in the on the interior, um, do you need a lot? Of, does everything have to be trimmed out? No, mm-hmm. it doesn't. In mm-hmm. fact, you, you can do some really clean. You know, go for the cre- clean, crisp, elegant look. Mm-hmm. That can mm-hmm. really go a long way. Maybe maybe you have sheetrock returns, right? Right. I mean, sometimes there's a pushback. Because you want a more traditional home, mm-hmm. but you have to decide your priorities. You know, make a—it's a good idea to start with a list of your priori- priorities at the outset, right? And then you'll decide. You know, what what do you want to do? Do you what's more important that right. you don't have vinyl siding, that you don't have triple glazed windows, right? Because mm-hmm. an affordable house is no, what's all about is, the, is yeah. what is sacrificed, what is a need, what is a desire, mm-hmm. and that's a real process that you go through. Um, at every step of the way. How you know how the houses meet the ground or another one. That's, yeah. to me, that's a real telltale of, boy, ooh, I just, can't really look at that house. It just slammed into the ground and then they put a pressure-treated uh, three steps up to it with a that's pressure-treated right. rail and a door smack in the thing. That's right. And the foundation is poured two and a half feet above the ground because it was easy to build that way. Right. Um, and then you've got this swath of concrete around the base and it really just looks like it just landed there. Maybe we can bring that down, mm-hmm. you know, work on that grading it was probably just as easy to get that within eight inches um it's probably just as easy to to do a nice covered um stoop porch mm-hmm. um and think about landscaping exactly that's yeah. something you can do with your own hands right don't neglect that right i'm sorry you know there's a bunch of landscape architects you're about to email us now about you know telling the client oh you can do that yourself because you know well but, i didn't say don't Get someone to design it for you. <laughs> right. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'd say that that's pretty pretty well does it. I think I think we've spent enough time on uh, making green affordable. Mm-hmm. Phil, you have any um, I don't have any hot zigs. I've kinda let I didn't I didn't yeah. uh, I got I got ready to do this and I you know. Um, we'll we'll double zig next time, Chris. Okay. Good, good. But you kind of, you, when I asked you about six-digit ideas, you, you see, you had... Well, my uh, six-digit idea is how to make a living designing affordable <laughs> green homes. Right. That's a six-digit idea, if you, yeah. can, if you can do that. Yeah. Hey, while we're at it, mm-hmm. speaking of making a living mm-hmm. of affordable homes, uh, mm-hmm. why don't you take this opportunity? Because you're not going to plug yourself, so do it. Cause, no. Yeah, because you're, you, you're out there doing some... You're on the cutting edge here, doing, um, trying to do some modular, affordable, green, exactly what we're talking about, mm-hmm. and that's kind of one of the impetuses, impeti, <laughs> <laughs> darn, to this uh, podcast. So, so plug it, man. Yeah. What's going on with you? So it's our new initiative, which is sort of a, a side project for Kaplan Thompson Architects. It's called Bright Built Home, uh, and it's it's kind of the, what's the opposite of predecessor post. Progenitor. Progenitor. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're uh, welcome. Bright Built Barn is our first net zero project. Um, 
So it's a, it's a series of modular homes that we've created. There we, right now we have nine homes. We also do custom and we're working with a, a local modular builder and we're starting to work to talk to uh, modular builders in different parts of the country actually uh, to produce these homes. And it's a system that really hones in on a lot of the things we've been talking about. Um, the affordable, uh, simple, modular, built fast, and we're hitting anywhere from 175 to as low as 135 a square foot for true net zeros. I mean, that's with well, PV. And that's, and that's a big deal. Yeah. So we're trying to get the PV on it as much as possible. So, um, yeah, so may, maybe we can make those six digits with those, but we'll see. By well, I hope, I hope you do at least make at least five. Well, <laughs> well Chris, I just happened to see a really pretty thing on the board your office walking in here oh yeah with well, that I had, tell that. us about that I liked, really i like hearing the story all right well you guys can skip ahead if you don't care much but that, it, no, no that's it looks really great it's well, a perfect idea well that i was working with chris corson on that it's called the one house and the one is spelled with a zero as in zero net energy oh uh, yeah nice. so it'll be hard to google but whatever um <laughs> you know but the whole goal goal with that is uh, you know for 325000 you get a passive house that's net zero and it's universal design and it's one of those deals that I I was honestly I was frustrated with another project that you know kept having the pushback and it was big and you, you know I just in you know in the office inner office conversation was uh, you know I just want to do every once in a while it's nice not having a client uh, I love my clients <laughs> and they're awesome but you know, a lot of times you think, man, if I could just clean this, if I could just do a simple boom, I, you know, there's a need. You can yeah. see it out there, and you're doing it, like, with a bright belt. Yeah. Um, it's like, if that could happen, if someone could walk in and say, I want that one, 325000 and it's mm-hmm. delivered and done and net zero, and I can grow old in it, and it looks cool, I mean, I think there's a real... Yeah, that would. That's huge. I mean, it's beautiful. It looks great. Well, it's yeah. all the marks. It's very elemental. Like any great idea, it starts with, uh, all right. So step one, I find someone. I find an investor or whatever. <laughs> right, I find a bank. I get a loan right. to. Anyway, all right. But yeah, okay. So there's another shameless the, plug. Part that's two. Okay, which, that's which, why which, they're six-digit ideas. You uh, know, yeah. they're, they're not. They're not completely there yet. Uh, yeah, that's, that one's maybe a four-digit idea. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But. Um, Hey, can I tell you about the song? Yeah, please. I think we've we've talked enough. Okay. Um, there is um, there was a band called Fiery Furnaces who put out a really interesting, really weird, and yet really spectacular album in their early two thousands. Yeah. Um, called Blueberry Boat. Yeah, I never that this one missed me. Yeah, it was it. It really hit me, and it really struck a chord with a bunch of people actually because it made the rounds. It made a lot of top ten lists that year. So would you call it? Would you put it in the experimental class, or would you say it's more? Um, I would say it's it was sort of experimental pop, but it it wasn't hard to listen to in the way that you think of. Oh, so that's I'll, good. Yeah, I'll so, have to go back. Yeah, and listen to it. So um, anyway, Eleanor Friedberger did that with um, with her, her brother Matthew, um, mm-hmm. and they've done they since had done a, a number of albums together um, that were uh, hit and miss. I would say yeah, uh, mostly quality. But she's kind of found her own voice now. This is her second solo album which is called Personal Record. It was released in 2013, one of my favorites. The song is called I Won't Fall Apart on You Tonight. And um, she's got a beautiful voice, and it's really great songwriting. I hope you like it, Chris. You haven't heard it yet. I have not, and I look forward to hearing it. So, Phil? Cheers to another excellent episode. I enjoyed it. Thank you, and thank you, listeners. We will see you soon. Cheers. Cheers. But it's not enough. 
There's nothing wrong 